Chapter 10 of He. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Bill Mosley. Publishers' Interjections. Read by Julie Famalichem. Editor's Notes. Read by Niru Ayer. He by Andrew Lang and Walter Harry's Pollock. Chapter 10 A Body in Pawn. Gin a Body, Meet a Body. Burns. Though Lenora's faith in the magician had been a good deal shaken by his failures in his black art, she admitted that, as a clairvoyant, he might be more inspired. We therefore went, as he had directed us, to the neighborhood of Clare Market, where he had prophesied that we should find a temple adorned with the three balls of gold which the Lombards bore with them from their far Aryan home in Frangipani. Nor did this part of the prophecy fail to coincide with the document in the mummy case. Through the thick and choking darkness, which has made the lights of London a proverb, we beheld the glittering of three aureate orbs. And now, how to win our way without password or indeed passbook into this home of mystery? Here in these immemorial recesses, the natives had long been wont to bury as we learned, their oldest objects of interest and value. There, when we pushed our way within the swinging portal, lay around us, in vast and solemn pyramids of portable property, the silent and touching monuments of human existence. The busy life of a nation lay sleeping here. Here, for example, stood that ancestral instrument for the reckoning of winged time, which in the native language is styled a grandfather's clock. Hard by lay the pipe, fashioned of the foam of perilous seas in fairy lands forlorn, the pipe on which perchance some swain had discoursed sweet music near the shady heights of high holborn the cradle of infancy the gamp of decrepitude the tricycle of fleeting youth the paraffin lamp which had lighted bridal gaiety the flask which had held the foaming malt all were gathered here and the dust lay deep on all of them I was about to make some appropriate moral remarks when I heard Lenora, whose command of tongues is simply marvelous, address an attendant priestess in the local dialect. Here, miss, said she, how much can your lettuce have on this ear ticker? Producing her watch. The priestess, whose clear-cut features and two lovely black eyes betrayed a mixture of Semitic blood, was examining the turnip, as she called the watch, when Lenora, 
saying mum's the word rather violently called my attention with her elbow to a strange parcel lying apart from the rest it was a long bundle as long as a man and was swathed in cerements of white egyptian tissue tis you tis you i sneezed rapturously recognizing the object of our search the very mummy which two thousand years ago theodolity had prepared with her own fair but cruel hands there beyond the shadow of a doubt lay all that was mortal of the unlucky jambres on the tissue which wrapped the bundle i distinctly recognized the stenciled mark corresponding to leonora's scarab a duck the egg of a duck and an umbrella see cover most important to have this cover bound in surbrochure how much said i to the priestess of the temple could you afford to let me have that old bundle of rags for that old bundle of rags said the woman take it dear lady take it and keep it if you can and the blessing of abraham be on your head so anxious was she to part with the mummy that we could hardly get her to accept a merely nominal price to give plausibility to the purchase we said we wanted the rags for a paper mill joyously did lenore and i call a passing chariot and with the mummy between us we drove to our abode i was surprised on the way by receiving a pettish push from lenora's foot don't tread on my toes she said though i had not even stirred i told her as much and we were getting a little animated when my bonnet was twitched off and thrown out into the darkness lenora i said severely these manners are unworthy of a lady i declare my dear polly she replied i never even moved and as she was obviously in earnest i had to accept her word when we reached home after a series of petty but provoking accidents i say are you not gliding insensibly into the fallen idol not a bit you wait and you'll see we first locked up the mummy very carefully in the spare bedroom to-morrow would be time enough we said to consult the wizard as to our next movement we ordered a repast of the native viands which included i remember a small but savoury fish the blota and sought our couches in better spirits than usual next morning long before lenora was awake the young but intelligent slavi so the common people call housemaids crept into my chamber with a death-white face oh mum she said it was a term of courtesy what a night we've been having why well, what is the matter gemma Marin? i asked for that was her melodious native name there's something in the spare room mum a carrying on horful the bell ringing all night and the thing screaming and walking up and down as restless i'm a-going to give warning mum she said confidentially why you've given it i said to reassure her forewarned is forearmed 
four-legged it do run sometimes like a beast mum wailing terrible up and down up and down it goes and always ringing the bell and crying highly for a brandy and soda mum like a creature tormented do take care this is copyright don't you remember mr hyde neither hyde nor hidol you're so nervous do wait till the end wish it was come well i asked though every hair upon my head stood erect with horror adding greatly to the peculiarity of my appearance well did you take it what it asked for yes mum for very fear i dared not refuse and when i had handed it in by a chink in the open door first there was a sound like drinking then an awful cry potash again and then a heavy soft thud as if you had knocked over a bolster stuffed with lead mum through the brown glimmer of dawn it was about ten a m i hurried to lenora's chamber she was dressed and came out what do you advise i asked send for mr ermson the eminent lawyer at one said she he is used to this kind of thing nothing like taking counsel's opinion but first let me knock the door open she applied her magnificent white shoulder to the door which flew into splinters there was not a trace of the mummy but there in a deprecatory attitude stood the philosopher asher please pronounce asha end of chapter ten recording by bill mosley Frelsberg, Texas, USA.